The following interview originally aired on the February 14th, 2021 edition of Modern Notebook. This version of the interview excludes the music that aired during the original broadcast. Instead, you can find streaming links to all the pieces featured and other pieces as well on our website, wsmr.org. This is Modern Notebook on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. I'm your host, Tyler Klein. Tonight on the show, I am delighted to be joined by composer Judith Lang Zaymont. Uh, Ms. Zaymont is internationally recognized for her music's distinctive style, characterized by expressive strength and dynamism. She's the recipient of numerous awards, including the 2015 The American Prize in Chamber Music Composition and a 2003 Aaron Copeland Award, a Guggenheim Fellowship, composer grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, the list goes on, and her music is widely performed throughout the United States and Europe. Ms. Zaymont is in virtual residency at the University of South Florida this coming week, hosted by the USF New Music Consortium. This residency includes a composer talk, which will be held on February 15th at 7 p.m., that's tomorrow night. Additionally, the NMC will be presenting a concert of Ms. Zaymont's music on February 19th at 7 p.m., featuring three world premieres. All events are Eastern Standard Time, they will be virtually streamed and free to attend. So, Ms. Zaymont, welcome to Modern Notebook. Thank you. I'm delighted to be chatting with you. Thank you. Well, I'd like to uh, get into the events of this week in just a little bit. But first, of course, I want to uh, discuss you and your music. Uh, you've enjoyed a tremendous career having composed over 120 works for all different kinds of, of genres, many of which have been, um, of course, those pieces have been recorded and released on uh, CDs that people can go and check out and listen to. Uh, but I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your compositional process. When you start a piece, do you like to start from an outside inspiration, such as something you've read, or do you like to start with a purely musical idea? And uh, how has this changed over the years? Well, I'd have to answer by saying both. There are many pathways into a new piece. In general, I am inspired by the amazing wonders of the natural world. It's not so much people and the dynamics between person to person or anything from a contentious or political perspective. I'm interested in things that are durable and flexing over time, like the way species change or the lure of wide open spaces, the lure of adventuring into outer space, um, meteorological changes and how they are reflected and have an impact on the emotions. Sometimes, however, I start with a purely musical idea. And uh, one of the premieres you referred to happening this week is the piece Tendrils for three instruments. Normally, I'm a very direct musical speaker. I do not like to repeat myself. I deal with core materials and then immediately move on. So many of my pieces have forms that are not received forms, but they are they may seem to be open-ended or intuitive, but everything derives back to the core material, maybe in ways that are not so apparent right up front. This piece, Tendrils, was different. I wanted to write a piece that was a study in sustained resonance. Mm. And normally I'm a clipped frontal interruptive kind of musical speaker. I see. Uh, well, I, I'd like to um, go back to what you said about being inspired by nature, because I think that's um, as composers, you know, we 
to me, the way I look at composing is kind of filtering the world around us and what inspires us, of course, uh, through our own self, I guess. So when you do have outside inspiration, what what usually uh, draws you to the subject matter you choose? What draws you to things like nature and uh, natural phenomena? I'm not sure I could answer that (laughs) in a way that (laughs) is able to be spoken out loud. All I know is that I can look at the shape of a plant branch and all of a sudden music will come into my head or I will take a walk at night when it's twilight and the lighting situation is changing. Maybe sprinklers are coming on. Uh, There's a gust of wind and to experience the outdoors. My whole life, I've looked for horizons. Although I am born in the city of Memphis, Tennessee, I grew up in New York City, even though an outer borough. And my entire life, I seemed always to have to go into place where there were canyons of steel and man-made materials things that hemmed me in, and I have always looked for horizons. So I do look for horizons in my own music, and I respond to outdoor air. That's beautiful. I really appreciate that, and um, I think our listeners do too. Uh, so there there are a few world premieres of your music this week, as I mentioned. Um, when Darkness Falls for Solo Piano, My Heart Within Me is Desolate for Solo Violin and uh, the ensemble piece that you just mentioned titled Tendrils. And uh, they've all been written within the past year. So would you uh, be willing to share some of your thoughts about these pieces? You've talked a little bit about tendrils already, but I'm wondering if there's anything distinct about them, even just one of the pieces that makes it especially unique uh, within your present body of work. In every single piece I write, I want to do something I have not done before. I don't ever want to spin my wheels or repeat myself. I don't think it's fair to listeners, and I don't think it's fair to me as somebody who's supposed to be a creator. Both those pieces, When Darkness Falls and My Heart Within Me is Desolate, these are definitely pandemic-era pieces. These are COVID-19, lockdown, burrow within the self to deal with the emotions. When Darkness Falls is sort of a nocturne for piano, and it is looking to deal with that time that's beyond twilight, but when you get to what the French call le bleu, the blue hour, where atmosphere is so present. Everything is turning into indistinct shapes outdoors. It's falling back into inkiness, but you can still see a little bit. And darkness can be either calming and enveloping or maybe threatening with uncertainty. And there is some of that turmoil in this piece, but there is also this sense of surrendering into the envelopment of the darkness. The piece opens quietly and ends very quietly in the high treble. The other piece, the solo violin piece, My Heart Within Me is Desolate, please don't be misled by the title. It was a requested work, and it needed to be based in some way upon the Psalms. 
So I took out my Bible and looked through things, and I found Psalm 143, verse 4, which is, my heart within me is desolate. It's a a feeling of bereftness. This is not, has nothing to do with my personal life. This was emotion of the time. And there is a longing in this piece and a sort of purity I tried for to really stick with the core material and not go wandering as I sometimes do. So it is very self-contained and yet there are breakouts in it. There are times when it moves away from that and expresses the the um, agitato that can go along with feeling like you have no recourse. So much for those pieces. You're listening to Modern Notebook on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. I'm Tyler Klein speaking tonight with Judith Lang Zamont, who is in virtual residence this coming week at the University of South Florida. She'll be giving a composer talk tomorrow night at 7 and then on February 19th, Friday night, the USF New Music Consortium will be presenting three world premiere performances of Miss Zamont's music. All events free and streaming on the USF New Music Consortium's YouTube and Facebook pages. Uh, Miss Zamont, I'm wondering, um, how are you responding to the changing face of classical music in the 21st century? Kind of shifting gears here. And I'm uh, thinking of your 2007 College Music Symposium talk, Imagining the Composer Today. And uh, I guess as a follow-up question, has your response changed since you gave that CMS talk? Uh, Actually, the talk is titled Imaging the Composer Today. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give a real picture of what being a composer was like in the early portion of the 21st century. And I tried to deal with many aspects of it, including the whole question of inspiration, the question of style and originality, and then the practical concerns. How do you navigate being a citizen of the musical universe when what you do is very, very private, as well as maintaining your own original profile and being true to your artistic instincts. Finally, there's the whole question of salary. So not much has changed, I'd like to say. And here, if you choose to look at the issue through, I guess, not sideways, but from w- with a different perspective, thinking of it about being a composer of a particular gender. I'm female. I have come to terms in large part in the past with what it meant to be a column B composer. It's like people think about you only when their thoughts turn to the word composer with some preceding adjective. When it's just composer with a capital C, maybe they're not thinking in your direction just yet. So I've done some things in my life to rebalance the perspective, notably the three volumes of the book series, The Musical Woman, an International Perspective, for which I was editor-in-chief. I designed the books. I brought them forward to life. They are big books. They cover almost every kind of music profession you could think of centering on the female practitioners. And there's a gazetteer that's um, 
a year or two or three year snapshot of activity by women composers around the world during that time span. I'm still waiting for composers who are female to be able to be represented on concert programs, general concert programs, with the same percentage that Germaine Taillefer has of Les Cis in France, which is about 16% of the whole. We're not there yet. If you take a look at statistics for symphonic works by women and how they are programmed in this country and in other places in the world, the women, we have not succeeded to that stage of visibility just yet. So my talk for CMS was very positive, but tried to be quite realistic. I'm more interested in the whole question of how do you uh, develop your style to be true to yourself and not walk in anybody else's shoes, but be who you are as an individual. That's what really fascinates me. And I still think very much as I did in that essay. Uh, well, so uh, of course, a lot has happened over the past year. And I'm wondering, uh, have there been any changes in your work as a composer since the onset of the global pandemic? Um, maybe not exactly the way you work, but perhaps uh, the ways it maybe has changed your music. Um, my music is generally uh, very emotive. So I would say not essentially in the materials, but it has affected what I am composing. Certainly the two pieces we spoke about earlier that will be on this week's program, those are definitely works of the year of anxiety 2020. But I'm right, right now I'm in the middle of composing a piece that is looking at the far end of when the pandemic will permit us to return to some forms of normality in interpersonal interchange. I'm writing a piece titled In Praise of Heroes, and it is for a large winds, brass, and percussion ensemble. And it is a statement of positivity. I think it's so important to do that. So important to remember uh, the many facets that make us alive, that make us live, and to incorporate those in our work in a way that is genuine, right, and proper, and happens at the appropriate time. So that is where I am now. I'm looking ahead. Remember, I'm a horizon person. <laughs> Very good point. This is Modern Notebook. I'm your host, Tyler Klein, speaking tonight with composer Judith Lang Zamont, who is in virtual residency this week here at the University of South Florida with two free events, virtual events hosted by the USF New Music Consortium, uh, a composer talk tomorrow night at seven and a concert featuring three world premiere performances of pieces by Miss Zamont. That's Friday night, also at seven o'clock. And I'll have uh, links up on our website with information uh, with streaming details and a lot more. Well, Miss Samont, uh, it's been so great talking with you tonight. And to close, I'd, I'd just like to ask, what are you up to now? You kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, also what does the future hold for Judith Lang Zamont? Well, I have so far written six symphonies. I have been sketching materials for my seventh. And I think that would be a project that will keep me busy for a while. 
So that's where it is. There are some recordings on the horizon. And again, I'm looking to function as a citizen of the wider musical and cultural world. I'm always happy to hear from performers who are working on a piece of mine. Oh, and here I would say one more thing that listeners might be uh, really interested to know. The high bar for a piece of music that's meant to be a technical challenge, that keeps changing. Mm. Why do I say this? Um, I've had good fortune to be commissioned to write pieces for a number of musical competitions. And I was asked to do the 2001 um, Van Cliburn competition piece. And following the competition, I received a message from a 17-year-old pianist in the former Soviet Union I can't remember which country he was from, telling me he was learning this piece and did I and did I know I had two typos in the score. Mm. That you never know. You think you are writing for the virtuoso of the moment, and what you are writing for is the developing instrumentalist of the future. Isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. That's really amazing. I, I haven't thought of that actually. <laughs> so I'm glad you said that. Well, uh, Ms. Zaman, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight and uh, best wishes on the virtual residency this week. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to it. Judith Ling Zamont is in virtual residency at the University of South Florida, February 15th through the 19th, hosted by the USF New Music Consortium. It includes a composer talk that will happen February 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Additionally, the NMC will be presenting a concert featuring three world premieres of Miss Zamont's music on February 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. All events are virtually streamed and free to attend. 